Good morning. So, the, let's talk about the existence of our world and everything that exists in the world. Um, what is it? Is it lasting? Is it temporary? Is it what gives it validity? What makes things? What gives things permanence? So let's. Uh, I want to discuss it from uh, the view of something in the parsha this week. A very interesting explanation in the medrash, where after the ocean was split, after Kriyas Yamsov, it says in the Torah, "Vayashav Hamayim the water came back to its full strength, meaning that the water was split and was taken away from doing the normal um, nature of water flowing. And the water would turn into walls. And from being walls, the water came back into being its regular self. Now, the Medrash focuses on the word that The water came back to its full strength, which is an interesting word to use. And the Medrash says that this hints to the fact of something that happened, which is that when God created the water, when He created the ocean, God made a deal with the water. He told the ocean, I'm creating you, I'm making you an ocean, the created the Yamsuf, but I'm, I'm making a deal. What was the deal God made with the water? He said to the water, the deal is that if you split for the Jewish people when they come to cross, then you'll continue to exist. But if you don't split, you have no right to exist and you're going to disappear. He says, Tanai Hisna Kaddish Baruch Hashem made a, made a condition, he made a deal with the water. Good question. That's what we're going to discuss today. So, um, if, if, and if the water does not split, the water is going to disappear. Of course, the water listened. It filled its part of the deal. So, God filled his part of the deal. And the water remained. The water came back. And that's what the Torah means when it says, It's not a random thing the Torah is telling us. Meaning, it's not just saying the water came back. It's saying the water stayed in existence. The water stayed in existence because it fulfilled its deal, it did its part of the deal um, that, uh, that God made with it to split. So it's a very interesting madrash. Um, and obviously there's a lot of depth to it and a lot of meaning that we can take out, take out from it. And it can give us a very interesting perspective on the whole creation. And of course the first question is, why did Hashem even need to make a deal? Right? I mean, God created the world. He has the ability to, to, get, to, to make the whole world not exist within a second. Right? The same way God created it by one speech. With the, by one speech, God could get rid of the whole world. He needs to make a deal with the water that the water is going to split. What's the, what's the whole necessity in that? I'm with him, actually. <laughs> See, we've got to finish later. I've got to, I'll tell you that story, that's half a question. I'll call you, exactly. So this is, this is what's written in the Medrash. Yeah, so what's the reason for the whole condition that Hashem made? And secondly, that what is the whole emphasis on the water coming back? Shouldn't the emphasis be on the water splitting? Saying, oh, the water split. And over here, there should be a hint in the Torah alluding to the fact that God made a deal. The water split and therefore fulfilled this part of the deal. Why do we put the whole emphasis on the water coming back? to its regular state, to the regular water. It should be just in the fact that it's split, because that's fulfilling its part of the deal. So these are just two simple questions we can answer. There's many more, but let's get into the depth of it. And there's two general points and perspectives that, this, that, this, that's, that are brought out here. Number one is that 
The truth is that the world that Hashem created is, is the, this, this world, even though it seems so powerful and strong and so, and so um, it, it seems like it's just there and uh, nature takes its course and it does its thing and we have to adapt and work with it. We all know that if we go into the depth of it and try to understand where it all started and where it all came from, the world is really very fragile. It doesn't really have a right to exist on its own. Especially if you go into the depth of a whole creation, that it created something from nothing, that the world, there was originally nothing, and God out of nothing brought a world, that means that the world on its own has no, there's no um, precedence to it. Meaning that there's nothing, there's no reason for the world to be here, other than the fact that God created it. Yes, once God created the world, He created it with a whole system. He didn't just create something that should miraculously work. He created a nature, a natural system, He created that it should seem like it's, it's self-sufficient almost. But, the world, from the start, is something which on its own has no right to exist. It's only because Hashem created it that gives it its right to exist. And um, if, we, if we can accept that, if that's our belief, then this gives a very deep understanding to what's going on here. And that is that what gives the world the right to exist? Hashem created the world with a purpose. The purpose that Hashem created the world with, Hashem tells us in the Medrash, and that Hashem created the world with a purpose, which is to be a place that can be conducive to, the, to, to Jewish people and non-Jewish people, fulfilling their role and mission, which is making the world a civilized place, making the world a place where Hashem, where Godliness can be expressed, making the world a place that can be a home for God. And if that's the purpose that Hashem put within creation, then because the world on its own has no right to exist, its only right to exist is to fulfill that purpose. The moment the world, the moment the world is, is opposes its, the purpose, the moment the world goes against its purpose, then it loses its validity, it loses its whole start, it loses its whole beginning, and it loses the whole reason why God made it in the first place. In other words, it loses its right to exist. Aye. Those stickers that rip off of water, I think. Can I go back? So, so, in, so in truth, never the original. meaning yes, back. Hashem can make the world disappear in a second. And anything which, which, um, which goes against its, its right to exist has no right to exist. And Hashem, so Hashem put this and revealed this to us in certain areas. So people are gay, you shut their heads off? I love you. God created a world one way. They're doing the opposite of what you just said, right? So they're going against Teva. Well, Hashem has a system put in place. That someone doesn't, uh, within a second, lose their right to exist. They have, the, they have a process they can go through to do tshuva and to, to, to be the, the, the real self that they could be. So, so what's going on here is, Hashem revealed this to us in the water. Hashem revealed this to us in the ocean. By making this deal with the ocean, Hashem was putting within the creation of the water that the only way this water, the ocean, has the right to exist is if it fulfills its purpose, which is to serve as a route for the Jews to escape Egypt and for them to eventually receive the Torah and for the, fulfill the purpose of being here in the world. If the water would be conducive to that, then it has a reason to exist. If it won't be conducive to that, then it has no reason to exist. There's no reason for it being here. And it's not only within the ocean. This is really within everything in creation. It just opens the door, opens our eyes to realize what's going on with the whole creation. That everything here, everything that's here and that was created is here to help us fulfill a purpose. And it's such a powerful concept
to live our lives but like that. To be able to look around and see something and look at something that, you, that comes in your way, something you have to deal with and think about, think about it with this perspective, look at it and say, wow, this thing that's here was only created for the purpose of helping the world fulfill, for, uh, reach its, its potential. Helping the world fulfill its purpose of being a home for God, being a place for God, being a place that's conducive for a Jew to do, to do his work. Like yes. And therefore, if something in the world seems to be opposing that, or if something in the world seems to be more powerful than that, it's not true. You're just putting on that image. If it continues being that way, it has no right to exist. And it's in... It's in um, what's the right word? It's soaked within the essence of creation. It's within the essence of everything that it's there to support us and to, and, and to help us. And at the moment something gets in the way, it's almost non-existent. Because it's non-existent as being an opposition. It's only existence as being something to fulfill its purpose. And the fact that God made things seem otherwise is to challenge us, or to make us reach greater places, and to make us find the depth of it and for us to put our own effort into it. Otherwise it would all be automatic, robotic. Hashem wants us to put our effort into it and for us to, fulfill, to feel like we're doing our part. But we have to look around and see everything in that light. And it's a very powerful eyesight, a very powerful tool to be able to look around and see everything, that its whole existence is only here to be conducive, to help support, and to be a part of my mission. And if it seems that it's not, um, it's getting in the way, and that it's not being able to fulfill that purpose, I have no reason to, to engage with it. Because it's non-existent. It's not part of the real, true existence of creation. It's a distraction. Because, remember, creation on its own has no um, uh, validity, it has no permanence of its own. It has no right of existence, other than fulfilling the purpose. A bit deep, and perhaps a bit controversial. Controversial. Um, I don't know. Some people may have. Uh, I think it's about on. It's either there to help us organize. Yes. So it's it's very important. This is what we're trained to think, especially in the teachings of Chassidus. This is, and this is this is literally, by the way, it's this mantra, this this perspective that Chassidim um, live their lives in communist Russia. And in, and in all the times of persecution, the Jews lived like this. Where seeing the world in this way um, help them survive and help them do what they need to do. Ah, you're living in a communist Russia where if you open a school and you open a mikvah and you try to live as a Jew, so make a wedding, do a bris, you're gonna, something's going to happen. It, it doesn't matter because the, the, the world is only here in existence to help me fulfill my purpose, to help me live as a Jew, to help me do what God wants. And therefore, if something seems to be getting in the way, it's irrelevant. I, the world will take its course. Okay, we live by God, not by the world. Because God created the world to help us. And, and the things... why we control the world. It's not our fault. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hashem, Hashem set it up like that. He goes, I understand why the non-Jews say the one that do money. You hear the Nevada, we don't... Okay, Chaim. 